0: Well, hello, I'm Lainey, also known as Electro Girl, and I'm an advocate for empowering people to get back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. See, I was diagnosed with epilepsy 30 years ago, and basically was never satisfied with hearing from a doctor that pharmaceuticals would be the only approach to controlling my seizures. I just wasn't going to take it. Out of my way, mortal. So I committed many, many years to researching and finding an answer outside of the Western medicine approach to find a more holistic approach in managing and treating my epilepsy and the seizures. The Love Your Diagnosis podcast is a show about exactly that. Each week, we will be looking into the life of someone who has been diagnosed with a condition or illness and has succeeded in managing their diagnosis both in and outside of Western medicine. To start off, We will look at the Western medicine prognosis and approach to dealing with their diagnosis inside the square. Then we'll dip our toes a little deeper into their story where we talk about other empowering modalities that worked for those people outside of that square, basically what put them back in the driver's seat of their diagnosis. So, hang around with me while we explore living in and outside the medical square when it comes to loving your diagnosis. G'day, Peter.
1: G'day, young Laney, how are you?
0: I'm well. I've got you on the show today because you have a story that many probably ha- have experienced or are experiencing, no real understanding or, or like seeing no end in sight to it. So I figured I'd get an expert on to talk about what it is that you have... We'll get into the, we'll get into the mode of whether it's been a struggle. I was going to say what you've struggled with for quite a bit of your life, but maybe we'll assess that through the chat. So if you want to start by kind of saying what you were diagnosed with and how long ago and if and and how that impacted your life very briefly just the brief overview and we'll get into the nuts and bolts later
1: okay brief overview probably in my early 20s i got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome basically i should say i got chronic fatigue syndrome and had all the symptoms but it took me years really to get a proper diagnosis. I was a very fit person and uh, it knocked me for six.
0: How old were you when you got that diagnosis?
1: Um, I was in my early 20s so it must have been about 25, 26, somewhere around there.
0: What kind of symptoms were you experiencing that kind of made you think oh something's not right here?
1: I'd actually been on a tuna trip and uh, I felt quite ill after the tuna fishing trip and I'd been a little bit seasick on there as well, but I think I must have picked up a bug and came down a little bit fluey and just sort of didn't really recover.
0: Oh, really? So it wasn't anything before that? You were feeling fine before that fishing trip as far as you were aware?
1: Yeah, as far as I was aware and this was some, something underlying that was sort of leaving me open to what was about to happen. It might have been a trigger, but yeah, I felt fine until then.
0: When you came off the boat and then you had the bug and... Um, what kind of symptoms were you, did you experience then?
1: Uh, as chronic fatigue says, very, very, very tired, foggy thinking. Yeah, just struggling to get out of bed, really lethargic.
0: Do you remember how many hours you would sleep a night or a day?
1: Oh, basically, I slept all the time for four weeks. Uh I went back to work for a few days here and there, but uh, I was basically off work for about five or six weeks. Doctors were testing me for everything, sending me to all these specialists, etc. But no one could really put the finger on what was going on. They had no clue. Things like AIDS and stuff were just coming out there, so they were doing all sorts of new tests on me. They were just scratching for finding a result.
0: What other kinds of tests? did they put you through?
1: Well, basically blood tests and those tests were sent off to a number of specialists, you know, cardiologists and those sort of people and uh, they all looked at the figures and things and uh, scratched their heads to try and see what was going on. On the surface, you look fine. Yeah, you, know, you just got that underlying... Ugh.
0: Were you living with people at the time? Were you living with a girlfriend? Were you a father? I know you're a father.
1: I was married. and at least one child, maybe two at that stage. Which is your test of my memory, Eleni.
0: So that's tough, you know. It was setting the scene that you're married with kids and then all of a sudden you can't get out of bed so what was actually the one test where someone said to you hey pete this is what i think is happening
1: yeah i don't think it really even came from a test i finally found a gp who did alternative medicine as well and basically just joining the dots. she said well you've got chronic fatigue you've got all these allergies that have popped up chronic fatigue's the only title they could really put on it But there's there's not a test, a go-no-go sort of test that actually says you've got it or not. It's just a number of symptoms and I think many people get chronic fatigue but they can have different triggers and different reasons that their body goes into that sort of space.
0: So why do you think you got it then? Are you still scratching your head wondering why you got it or have you worked it out?
1: Well, looking back on it now, I think the uh, universe was giving me a slap because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing or what my uh, real life's mission was. Yeah, I used to work pretty hard. I was working as a, sorry, I'd done my apprenticeship as an electrical fitter and I was also doing night school three or four nights a week, doing electrical engineering and also uh, sailboarding one day of the weekend and sometimes a couple of nights in the, uh, in the twilight hours and then also racing catamarans and things uh, on a Sunday, doing weights and running the beach and stuff in between. So I was, I was fairly active. Yeah, certainly a slap with a, uh, with a wet fish, that's for sure.
0: God, can only imagine what that feels like. Uh, not that I want to find that out in a hurry either, though. So that's a significant difference change then if you were so active to then being like a, a lethargic lump i hate to use that term but you said you could only kind of do work for little bits and pieces how how long did that go on for
1: basically after that six weeks that i uh, sort of off work most of the time i sort of stayed at work from there on i uh, just sort of toughed it out you know, got a family to feed no other income coming in if you've, you've got to do what you've got to do but uh, certainly didn't allow me any energies to do anything outside, basically just work and keeping the food on the table.
0: Okay. How long did you let this go on for before you went, all right, something needs to be done? Yeah, were you of the mindset that everything we do will represent in our bodies on some level, or were you still kind of in that hole? oh, something's happening to me, it's out of my control, I'll just outsource for other people to fix me
1: basically i didn't know what was going on i didn't know what my prognosis was no one could tell me really what was going on or why no one was really helping me uh, even the alternative space that you know i was getting a little wins but no real major steps it was just something i thought well looks like i'm stuck with this but uh i'm an aries and i'm a bit of a fighter and that started me on a path trying to discover ways to get myself well because the the uh, western medicine just didn't have a clue they didn't as far as I'm concerned, I was fine. Go back to work, and uh, yeah, the alternatives they said they weren't really popular in those days. They were just a few popping up here and there.
0: What was that turning point for you? Because you don't live with it now, do you?
1: Uh, I've, I've still got a few little dregs. I, I don't say I've got chronic fatigue per se anymore. I still get the head fuzzies and things a little bit now, but I've I've learned to do things differently. I'm a different person now. I'm gone down a completely different path. I, I actually, you know, had that. Revelation, probably three or four years ago, that I'd spent half my life mourning the life that I'd lost, only to realise that the life I've got now is actually pretty good, but different. Ah,
0: uh, that old chestnut. Yeah, that old middle-aged chestnut of finding ways to have regrets about stuff, but really, life's pretty fucking good.
1: Yeah, well, I, I learnt things differently. I learned how to conserve energy, so uh, e- even today, I'll be with. Uh, fit young teenagers i've actually gone on the work site with my boys a couple of times over the last couple of months and and i'm still running around and the, uh, the young apprentices are sitting down having a rest
0: so conserving energy so you live with this condition now so it's still around so you haven't cured it but you're managing it i guess at what age were you when you decided that you had to do things differently in order to you know get your life back on track
1: yeah, well basically I learnt these little lessons over time and I, I was investigating all sorts of uh, Eastern way out sort of ways of looking at things and doing things and uh, different sorts of diets and uh, getting sorts of food out of my system.
0: What diets did you, did you try?
1: Uh, they had me on all sorts of elimination diets just to rotate foods, etc. So in case I was allergic to certain things, they did all sorts of pulse-type uh, muscle testing-type things to uh, see what I was allergic to and treated me with all sorts of homeopathic-type things that would still wasn't getting well. It just didn't help me in that space. And whilst I was saying before, I just learned to do things Differently, Just just lifting your hand up to, to clean your teeth. You, know, you lift your whole elbow and everything up and then you're cleaning your teeth. So you're holding your whole arm up where you could actually just uh, tip your elbow forward 50 mil and clean your teeth. So you, you don't actually activate muscles. You don't need to. Carrying a bucket, you don't lift the bucket up per se. You just curl your hand around the handle and it's held by your normal natural body position. Even things like water skiing, I'd hop on the water skis and I'd just be relaxed. And I'd find a neutral position for my body, which I learned through some martial arts and stuff that I did. And I could just sit there where everyone else is fighting things.
0: You make it sound easy, but there's actually a lot of stuff that you did in the background. You went and trained yourself how to manage this condition. Because if, if you did martial arts, then you would have a lot of discipline and core strength.
1: I was doing martial arts as well before I got chronic fatigue, so yeah, I like that as well, I was doing this just like three three times a week, two hours at a time, it Was so I was a very, very fit boy back in those days, uh, but I could no longer do those styles of martial arts, I actually came across a guy who did something, it's a, it's a form of Kung Fu, uh, Master Les Fennel's his name, and he did a, a form that was very much, it was his own style and... It was more of a philosophy, a bit like the Bruce Lee sort of space and uh, a bit like Tai Chi. It's very relaxed and gentle. Probably spent 10 years learning that style and unlearning all the hard stuff that I used to do.
0: Your body was, yeah, reprogramming. What about sex, Peter? Did that have to change as well? You have to Minimal? Do, do a lot less? No, no, get, no. No? <laughs> no?
1: I get someone else to work a bit harder, that's all.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> that sounds good for that sounds that sounds like a very good plan for the bedroom. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I should digress there. You've obviously done research about it. It's quite common, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, it seems to be becoming more common. More people seem to be getting diagnosed with it. I still haven't seen anything in Western medicine that really deals with it. I seem to find that Western medicine's great for something that's acute, something they can cut out or treat or put a Band-Aid on or something like that. But if anything that's long-term, yeah, some of these alternative things have certainly uh, got better ways of doing things or more effective ways of doing things. Just talking to to the local GPs and things now, they've still got no idea.
0: I mean, it would be awful. Being a doctor would be just like in this day and age. It would just be so difficult. Trying to, I mean, I'm not going to get on a rant about this, but trying to fit into it a system that's outdated, trying to fit into that paradigm when you come into trying to help people for a different reason would be really difficult.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's it. It's there in a the square box. They've got to work within certain rules. And also a lot of it is driven by their treatments that they're allowed to use and to dish out. And if they actually step outside the square, if you probably think about it, you know, if you, if you go back to the day that what some of what they do there—it's all come from you know witch doctors and uh, shaman and all these things. They've all done medicine stuff, and all of that's sort of been grabbed, and then some some of it's been put into a university. They've packaged it up and say, okay, unless you're going to work it these ways, then you're not allowed to call yourself a doctor. You're not in this box.
0: Yeah, and 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 now you know once again we won't go too deep into this at all, but with this whole experience with COVID and how doctors had to fit into. A little box to be able to treat people. There's a lot of people that lost their licenses and didn't want to do it that way and didn't want to get vaccinated so had to leave the profession. Hopefully that is a good thing because the system works in a way where the square gets opened a bit or you just see doctors that are willing to take risks. But I digress. Did you go on a course of pharmaceuticals for this for a while?
1: No, but uh, it wasn't until I discovered what I do now that I found some real roots to, to why I was ill and not getting well.
0: Oh, please. Let's just jump into that then. <laughs> so what do you do now, Peter?
1: So I call myself the property wellness doctor and uh, property wellness consultant and life coach. Depends on, on, the, on the, the people I'm talking to as to how you package some of that stuff up. People, some people need to see all the science of things where I've come from a black and white engineering sort of background and everything's, you've got to prove something. It's all to, got to go through the science space. But I've gotten to the stage now where I, I experienced something and it works. I said, okay, I'm happy to accept that. No idea how it works, but it does.
0: Oh my God, does that, did that hurt at the beginning?
1: Yeah, so it's part of that reprogramming, and me working for an institution for for so long that was very black and white, very regulated, and uh, me now. So basically, I I discovered as you know I, I did uh, qigong and reiki and all sorts of stuff that, uh, along this path. Tried all sorts of diets and things, but I discovered uh, dowsing and geomancy, and I found that the the underlying cause of most long-term illness is usually earth stresses or environmental factors in that sort of space. And it wasn't until I actually discovered that and did a course, brought a course online, and that got me started. I've developed it since then, and once I started doing that to my own place, I started getting well. Because you, you, think, you think you'd think be home. Your home is somewhere that you should go after work and stuff, and you recharge, and then you come back reinvigorated, ready to kick off again for the next week or for the next day. But if it's actually... in when you come home, you're actually being drained again. Your reserves are slowly being whittled down to nothing and you get, your, your wellness is, uh, is just disappearing and and, it, and it's often going out the back door, you're not noticing it. And, and things change too. It's not necessarily that it's in your house when you buy the house either. So a lot of these things change with the environment outside. Things like earthworks and quarries and mining and uh, roadworks, they all upset these underground energies and... Uh, they're basically frequencies that don't agree with our body. So if you think, you know, you're a muso, just think of the difference between someone running down their, he- their hand down a chalkboard and someone playing some soothing music. So whether that's some heavy metal for you or something a little bit more lighter for me. So those those frequencies actually upset your immune system and basically undermine its effectiveness. So so all of our bodies are full of cancers and things and that's what our immune system's there for. It deals with that stuff. But when it's being robbed of its ability to work, then some of these things like cancers and chronic fatigues and things can then set in and your body doesn't can't recover from it because it's it's being uh, undermined basically.
0: So since you've started this work on yourself and the frequencies in the earth around you, your chronic fatigue is. Has- Taken a different turn. Is that what you're saying?
1: That was the turning point in me starting to get well.
0: What were some of the an, immediate differences that you felt in your body?
1: It's just a slow return of energy, I suppose. It's, it's one of these things that these energies will rob your body of stuff over like a 12-month period. You seem to get like a honeymoon period with it. And this damage has been done possibly over your whole life. And it takes a while for your body to start repairing and uh, things coming back together. And, and this wasn't the only thing. I did. Dis- I have discovered some amazing healers out there as well that were actually able to help me with some allergies and some, some leftover stuff, some viral load intolerances and things that they managed to treat me for.
0: Are they practising still
1: yeah, one of the big ones was actually a lady by the name of Lisa Davidson Lim, and she runs a business called Family Health and Wellbeing, and she does uh, NAIIT, which is a, an allergy testing and treatment space, and also does uh, NES, and it's uh, it's all quantum type stuff, and she can you know, you can put your hand on a on a little uh, like a her computer mouse, and it tells you exactly what's going on in your body. And uh, you know, it's, 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 it's it's all that stuff, but also kinesiology and stuff built into it as well. Lots of stuff that she does. She's just an amazing uh, one-stop shop for everything health, basically. She's, she's a, a
0: guru. Great. Well, we'll put them in the podcast notes. I'll get them off you. Have you been able to assist other people with chronic fatigue with your work now?
1: Basically four years ago now, I chucked in my... My job, and started doing this full time. Started the business, and yeah, haven't looked back really. It's not it's not work anymore. It's you know when you're inspired about what you're doing and you're helping people on a day to day basis, and seeing people like myself, either they've got chronic fatigue sort of things going on, or they've even got mental illness and stuff that's brought on by some of these uh, phenomena that happen on properties, and. A lot of them have been through the same system. That, that school of hard knocks. They're not getting better. They they got no hope. Uh, you know, the the doctor sees you in their clinic and they say, yeah, you got this. Here's your meds. We'll cut this out of you. Send you home exactly straight on to the under uh, the same stresses that probably brought it on in the first place, or had a was a major contributor to it. And you know things with with COVID, um, you're stuck in your home. So what's something you were exposed to for eight hours now? You've been stuck in for 24 hours a day. So, some things have probably accelerated for some people.
0: We've done a lot of work together. God, I've moved about five times, and you've come with me each time. I don't leave home without you now.
1: <laughs> I've got a lot of clients like that.
0: That's a good mantra for you. Don't leave home without me.
1: <laughs> they wish to be nomadic. And if we went to a place it was Lonomadic tribes, and if we went to a place and it wasn't treating us right, we wouldn't go back now we're capitalists, and uh we're going to stay in this place whether it kills us or not literally
0: well, that's really good to know that now you're able to help others i mean i mean when we, you know I know in my own story when you've got when you go through something with your health more often than not, people come out the other side going, "I want to do what I can to help in your case, it's a little bit different. Like I've written a book and put a stage show and it's a very clear cut what I'm doing. There's a message in it and there's an audience, but yours is way different. You're not just focusing on chronic fatigue, you're focusing on the general health of people through the environment, you know.
1: The techniques and tools and techniques I've been developing over the years from those little basics I learned in that course, I'm starting to teach a few people here and there because we need a few more people like me out there helping more people. There's only so many I can get to. The techniques I've got now, I can work off maps. So I can help you anywhere in the world. I've got a new client who came in a couple of weeks ago in Dublin. Problems with the house and, and their business. If I can find you on Google Maps or some other way anywhere in the world, I can help to have a look at what's going on there and have a chat with you and let you know what's going on and then work out whether we want to work forward see what we can do.
0: I guess to wrap up, what I ask all my peeps um, who I interview would you say that you love your diagnosis
1: yeah I, th- I, th- I think it was uh, it's one of these things because I've learned so much more along this path as well and I find that we're on the in the universe to learn lessons and if we're not learning the lessons the universe slaps us around until we start learning those lessons so when you're actually learning the lessons you're in the groove and you get a nice run as soon as you stop learning the lessons and you get a slap and if, if your lesson is to learn how to fall the universe, you know, you could choose to roll out of bed and learn that lesson, but the universe might chuck you out of a plane. So take the take the reins and do it yourself and you get a much better run. And since I've been doing what I was supposed to be doing, uh, I'm getting a much better run.
0: So you love your diagnosis then? Yes. You didn't actually quite answer that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In a roundabout sort of way, yeah.
0: I mean, I loved what you said, but, you know, come on, Peter. And the final thing, like for people going through chronic fatigue, do you have any... I don't know. A bit, words of advice or words of wisdom that you can share with someone that may be going through what you did.
1: If anyone wants to, I'm I'm happy to have a chat with them and actually uh, steer them in a, in a couple of directions and give them a few pointers to, as to how they might start to tackle moving forwards. Uh, never give up. There's always a way. If you give up, you've given up. If uh, if you don't give up, then there's always a hope. Once you rolled over and just said, "Okay, this is my di- diagnosis, and I'm knackered," then you basically are uh, what you're thinking. So uh, change your mindset, and then you can start moving forward. and, and I think too, when you want to be well, uh, so I think we're all intrinsically well. Once we carve off what's around us or on us that's not making us well, then we can start in that direction. And you know, the law of attraction is there as well. You start wanting to be well, and the people will find you.
0: Well, that's fantastic, and thank you for spending some time talking about your journey. And I'm no doubt it may have assisted. Someone, even one person, that's what we say. Even if it helps one person, worth that. Anyway, thank you. And, yeah, I'll put the links where people can find you and your website and life will be a better place with you in it.
1: Thank you, Lainey. It's better with you in it as well.
0: <laughs> Bye for now and good luck with, you know, being fabulous out there. I know it's, it's tough. Yeah.
1: All right. Thanks, Lainey. Oh. Bye. <laughs>
0: If you would like to donate to the running of this podcast and you can afford a few little bucks a month or whatever it is that you can afford to keep the show going without ads, please hit this PayPal button. And if you've got a few loose coins, that would really mean a lot to me and other people who are listening to this podcast and getting seeds of inspiration. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that just means more people will know about it. If you've got a story that you want to share, that you've had success with and that you've researched and found some some joy and gold in your own diagnosis, please hit me up. I'm always happy to share anyone's story. The main takeaway message in these podcasts is get second opinions, find a doctor that you really resonate with and research the shit out of what you're going on. Get back in the driver's seat of your health, everyone. You do not need to take one person's opinion about the rest of your life and how to live it. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm Lainey Godiva.